welcome to the New Author Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Evanoff and Lindsay Evanoff. The super siblings will take you through their days as they write, publish, and market their books. They'll talk about their successes, their mistakes, and everything in between. And occasionally, they'll veer off into tangents that will most likely be discussion of which episode of The Office is their favorite. Seriously, they talk about The Office a lot. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be educated and entertained, but mostly entertained. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Author Podcast. Uh, today is July 12th, 2020. This is episode number 84, and I am your host, Jerry Evanoff. With me, as always, is my co-host and my sister, Lindsay. Lindsay, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. It's Sunday morning. I have to go back to work tomorrow in the actual office, so that kind of sucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. All week, kind of terrible. But after that, I think I'm off. For, we, had, we hired a new guy there. Uh, he started two weeks ago, so now he's thrown into rotation. So instead of three of us rotating, there are four of us rotating. So that's oh, an good. extra, it's an extra week at home every four weeks now, which is nice. Yeah. Um, all right. So statistically speaking, my stats: I am currently sitting at sixty-eight thousand nine hundred words. That is uh, down nine hundred and sixteen words from last week, and I it's because I <clears throat> took a chapter that had about four thousand words in it. And I spent the entire week working on one chapter and I rewrote it and it actually subtracted about a thousand words, which is fine. Um, so now I am at 44 of 54 finished chapters. I think last week I was at 53. Every day, every day that number changes. The number of chapters <laughs> in the book changes. <clears throat> and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but of those 44 chapters, I'm at 60,000 words. I mean, if you do the math, what is that? 60, 65. So let's see. Let's just do the math. You, you guys are now listening to math live on the podcast. That's 1,375 <laughs> words per chapter on average. So if we multiply that by 50 words, that gets me to 74, 258. I want to get to 75. Some of these chapters are big, so I'll be, I, that's about right. Um, of the 10 chapters I have finished, um, four of them need written from scratch. Six of them just need edited. And four of the six that need edited are things that happened in previous books. And I'll have to work on those the same way that I worked on the one chapter I finished this week, uh, where I kind of outlined it first to make sure that they're already written. So what I'll do is I'll go in and kind of separate it by with some headings that will say, you know, this happened in chapter six of book one, this happened in chapter seven, because I need to make sure that everything happens consistently, which was, mm -hmm. which, with, with what happened in book one. But these chapters are actually a lot shorter, so they won't take me. It won't be one per week because, well, it can't because I have to give it to my editor in 30 days. <laughs> and um, actually 31 days. Yeah, 31 days. So, uh, and so I'm not real concerned about time. I'm sure I'll be fine with the time. I do have a couple chapters, though, that are written. And I think I talked about this last week that I don't know where to put them. They, mm. um, they're two really good chapters and they add depth to my main character and they kind of round out a story arc that I have going. I have a character who is in every book who is related to all these different peoples. There was a, it, it reminds me, there was a character back in Lost, which is, I, I love Lost and I always refer back to it. And I can't, Desmond, his name was Desmond. I couldn't think of it for a minute. He was in an episode that was all about him and the episode called, was called The Constant. And it basically meant like throughout the whole arc of time travel or the arc of a bunch of these characters, he would run into them at different points of their life. And then he ended up on the island with them later down in the hatch. And um, I like to look at this guy as my constant. In book two, you meet him in the 60s. In book one, you meet him in the 2000s. 
And in book three, you'll meet him in like 2080, something like that, mm. where he has, and now you're wondering, well, that means he's 120 years old. No, 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 no. He has a quite the story on his own. And mm -hmm. what I think I'm going to do with him is he is going to be my bridge between the last book in this series and the first book in the next series, which is the one that's all about you. Yay. So you're going to meet, you're going to meet him, which is exciting. Okay. I'm not sure how yet. I have no clue. I have a pretty good idea, but I'm not sure how yet. Um, but uh, so that is his character. So I need to, in this two chapters that are written, but I don't know where to put them yet. Uh, I want to put them in there because I want the character from book two to realize how he's linked to the character in book one, really, which is just telling the audience the same thing. So <laughs> um, so again, I don't know where I'm going to put them. I think they're important, but they are going to go somewhere. Um, right now yeah. I just have, I have them marked as chapter question mark, question mark, and chapter question mark, question mark, because I don't know what numbers to make those chapters yet. Mm -hmm. Of the four that need written, um, they're just random chapters throughout the book. One of them is a fight scene early on. One of them has to do with book one. Uh, the other two are from points of, point of, points of view of my other two characters in the book, where I just kind of give them something they they haven't been seen in a while as point of view characters and i want the audience to know where they're at and i have an idea of how they work um i just have to write them and they're gonna be short so i'm i'm, I'm doing okay i'm 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 probably ahead of getting done on time i think i'll get done on time which would be a good thing um, yeah. in terms of mailer light I, I i think i told you before the podcast started that i just have a whole bunch of ramblings yeah that's pretty much what I'm doing here. Um, in terms of Mailer Light, <laughs> I, I actually think I think I had my best week in Mailer Light. I'm up 38 uh, subscribers to 730 total, which is a huge number. And I'll get to why that is going up like it is when I get to my news. And then your favorite part of the podcast, the golf recap. Um, Yay! I had this I had this really interesting week where Monday night I went in, out into my golf simulator, which currently only works after eight fifteen at night because of the <laughs> when um, the sun goes down yeah when the sun is way behind your house <laughs> and and the clouds and, and on the horizon and mm. um today by the way today we're going to put a tarp up over top of it to try to block out all the natural oh, light. Okay. so we're going to see how that goes i think that'll actually make it work anytime i want and just so listeners aren't confused um my house being the house that i own two doors down from you well really yeah. one door down there's only one house between us um, that I rent out. I don't live in Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's your house. You bought it six months after I moved in here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I lived um, in it for five months and then I moved out. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's still your house. Um, so let's see. Uh, golf. So I had been playing pretty bad the last couple of weeks and I went out there Monday night with this one particular club that it's my favorite club, my most consistent club. And I hit like 50 times. I'm dripping. I feel like it was, it was a workout. I'm dripping sweat. Do you think that's a workout? Just hitting, swinging and hitting. Yeah. And always I'm bending over to pick up balls and place balls and then swinging. And there's no, like yeah. in real golf, you hit, then you wait for three other people to hit. You get in your cart, you drive to your ball. And if it's your turn, you hit. Otherwise you might have to wait for people. You know, there's a good few minutes in between. With this, I'm just hitting. And then I, I think any time you're moving is, is considered a workout. I clean the house and I consider that my workout. Oh, I like how you do that. Um, interesting. Um, <laughs> so I hit this club about 50 times. Then I went out Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, and I hit the first three holes were some of the worst. It was potentially the worst golf I've ever played at that course. Where the first three holes I went seven, seven, nine. And if you add that up, that's 23 strokes in three holes. 
Usually I average around five strokes per hole, and this is uh, seven, a little over seven. And I thought, oh, this is not good. So then hole four came, and I don't know what, I honestly don't know what happened. I have no clue. But for the next six holes, I went, what, four, four, six, three, four, four which is 25. So the first three holes, I got a 23. The next six holes, I got a 25, which added up to a 48. <laughs> I like being in the 40s. So I was very happy with that round. And I'm actually really excited to get out Tuesday to see if this was, was it just kind of a lucky streak? Because I crushed this club. I hit that club like 165 straight. I hit it 190 straight a couple times, which I never do. So uh, I'm excited to get out Tuesday night and see how that goes. So I had a 48 and it's my best score in a bunch of weeks. So I'm pretty happy about that. And those are my numbers. Congratulations. Thank you. I don't, I don't know what most of that meant. But you kept happy. saying you hit the club, but I thought you were hitting the ball. Well, I mean, I swung the club and hit the ball. I hit the club. I hit the club well oh. is what I meant. So. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so um, my novel is at 87,907 words. And that includes like all the other stuff. I'm just going to include all the other stuff. The, um, you know, praise for the book and my um, dedication and my acknowledgements and all of that. It's all included. Um, and I don't really know where that is from last week because I deleted those numbers before I put the, <laughs> before I did the calculations. Um, I am up for new subscribers, which is nice. I have 136 active subscribers and I'm so excited next Monday. Not only does the book go to the editor, but I think I'm going to do a, a promo book funnel promo. Um, so hopefully that'll grow my numbers quite a bit. Um, my betas finished strong. Um, I had four official betas, two unofficial betas, all of them sent in all of the chapters on time throughout the entire six week process. So I'm pretty um, happy about that. And I was able to go through um, their comments and make some adjustments. And, and so that's been really good. Uh, the prequel and first four chapters of Reluctant Heart went out to the subscribers on Monday. Um, there have been 31 downloads so far, and there's a 40.77% open rate on that newsletter where the link was. So 20% have clicked. Um, there were a few people that I thought, why? I mean, they're like people that I know well. Like, why aren't they opening my newsletters it just seems weird because when I talk to them they're like oh I can't wait to read your book but they've opened zero newsletters and so I just sent them either a text or a Facebook message I was like hey did you get the newsletter that I sent out on Monday it has the link to the prequel in it and they were like oh I didn't get it and I said well could you would you mind searching your email you know your your spam junk mail promotions folder whatever and of the six people that I asked, all six of them said, oh it was in my junk mail it was in my promotions folder so I sent them the whitelist instructions um, so you're, that doesn't happen anymore. You're, you're going to find that, and I, you probably already know this, but throughout the process of doing my first book, the number of people who were like, oh, I'm looking forward to reading. I can't wait. It's, it's lip service. They're just saying that because they're your friend and they, they, you know, they may care really, but when it gets down time to actually read it, reading a book is not like something you can't sit down and watch an hour and a half movie. It takes yeah. time to read a book. So there are a lot of people who told me, I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it. And then didn't want anything to do with me after that in terms of, yeah. so it's, it's, well, I was just know. surprised that they hadn't even opened any of the newsletters and I send out a newsletter once a month, a couple of times I've sent it out, you know, twice a month. Um, but they haven't opened any of them, which just seemed odd. Um, but they whitelisted, and so I'm going to keep an eye on them and see if they continue to open them after that. 
but it just makes me wonder, you know, how many people aren't opening them because they're not going to their inbox and no matter how many times I put it on Facebook, Hey, here's whitelist instructions. People don't. And I probably wouldn't either. I would probably just pass by it because I have other things going on in my life. <laughs> um, so anyway, that those are my stats. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the book funnel promo to see that subscriber number go up every time I see your number. Cause I think my number is so good. And then we do the podcast and you say your number. And I'm like, Oh man, my number stinks. Um, that's about, anyway. what, about eight. I think that's about eight months of consistent promos across yeah. three different promo services, mostly book funnel, but book funnel and story origin is like, I did one prolific work. So I didn't really like it. Um, yeah. but so yeah, I would, and you should sign up for story origin. It's still free. It's still in beta. And I know when he comes out with a pricing structure, it's going to favor the people who signed up and while he was in beta over the oh, people who yeah. didn't sign up. So you should at least sign up and get an account. So that, yeah, let um, me make a note of that story origin because I don't remember all like sometimes, um, when I'm like, Oh, I need to go check my numbers. I forget which program does what <laughs> yeah, there's so texts. many. I've gotten Ooh. those texts from you. Where do I find this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as news goes last week, I talked about my friend, Amy Uptograph. She's the one that created the veteran spouse project. Um, she put a, a little blurb and link, um, to my book on her monthly newsletter. It went out on Thursday. Um, I haven't seen any pre-orders from it yet. Hopefully, you know, I'll get some, but, um, if anybody wants to check her out, it's www.veteranspouseproject.org. Um, it's just a really cool, um, thing that she set up a nonprofit that she set up. Um, I forgot to put the link to the prequel in the thanks for signing up email for the new subscribers, which I didn't even realize until Thursday when you made a post about my prequel and you said, Hey, find it here. I was like, Oh shoot. If new, if people subscribe, they're not going to get it. So, um, I had three new subscribers during that kind of gray area. Um, so I just sent out, uh, the newsletter to them. I just copied it and sent it out to them. Um, but then I made the, um, what's it called? Oh, automation sequence. Why can't I remember that? Jeez. Um, so they'll get the thank you email and then thank you for, you know, thank you for subscribing to my newsletter email. It, it says in about five minutes, you'll receive a link to forbidden, which is the sequel or the prequel. Um, and then seven days after that, they'll get another email that just says, Hey, have you had a chance to, to read forbidden? Um, here's a link to pre-order reluctant heart. So hopefully people aren't overwhelmed with emails. That's kind of what I'm concerned about. Um, we'll see how it goes. Well, the automation um, sequences, mine are the same way. Like I, I, they sign up for the novella, and then they get an email and then five minutes later they get another one. And I think the next day I send another email that says, um, I think it is, I, got, I have to go back and look, but I, I send another email that says, you know, Hey, did you get a chance to download it? If you didn't, or did you get the link? If you didn't, here's another link. So I do send one. So they're going to get three or four emails from me in a, in a span of maybe a week. And then after yeah. that it slows down. So and no one's, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think people are unsubscribe or anything from that. In fact, I get a lot of replies. You should, in your automation sequence, see if you could ask a question. Like I asked, what's your favorite Star Wars? Um, which, you know, it's, it's a really general question that the answers mean nothing. It's fun to see people. A lot of people have actually told me 
oh, this is my favorite Star Wars and here's why. And actually some of those answers are really interesting. And I try to, yeah. reply, I try to reply back to all of them. Um, and I don't, it's not like I'm getting them every day. I'm getting, you know, one a week or, or one every couple of weeks. And I, I try to reply back to them, which is kind of fun. So, I mean, if there's something that interests you, maybe you could ask, and you think it could generate an answer. Like what's your favorite episode of Beavis and Butthead is not going to generate many answers, but like, not Star for my Wars, genre. <laughs> right, well, yeah, for probably not for any genre, but my, um, but like the Star Wars is this big giant thing that everybody either loves or hates or doesn't watch, I guess that covers every single person. But, um, so I think, um, you know, if you can come up with some kind of a question like that, you, you might, yeah. and, I, and I think the only reason that you want answers, you want replies is because Tammy LeBrex said in that newsletter ninja audiobook that I listened to something about the more replies you get, the more the, the email providers understand that it's legit and they won't, mm -hmm. they won't tuck it away somewhere. So you have them click a button or email you their answer. I think I say hit the reply button and let me know. I don't have a button. I don't do, I've never done a button before in an email. I don't know how that, how to do that. Oh, in the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Oh, I do a button every time. Yeah. Cause you do, um, you in MailerLite, you create a, a newsletter where you're like using a template to create yeah. the newsletter. I'll, I just type text. Like I don't have, I have links that I put in there, but other than that, I don't uh, put, I mean, I'll put an image in of Max and, but I don't, I don't get fancy with it. I don't have colorful backgrounds or anything like that. I just do straight text. Oh, hmm. I like colorful. I was just looking at my window. There's this, he looks like a teenager. I'm going to assume he's a teenager. And since we started this podcast, he has run by like three times and if he's going around the whole neighborhood, it's a little over a mile. <laughs> it's quick. <laughs> That's really fast. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Tired, especially with the heat that you get down there. It makes me tired just thinking. It about is it. so hot right now. Yeah. And the humidity is like at 7,000%. Yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's really hot. Not by much. <laughs> well, I mean, I just opened the door to let the dog out. When I got up this morning, I was like, you can't breathe, you know, because of the hot air. Um, so I've done four pre-order giveaways and that's going really well. Everybody seems to like, um, the little gifties that they're getting. Um, I did have a small issue this week. Um, so what I do is I do the, the drawing on Tuesday and then on Wednesday I get the box ready. I get the address of the person. If uh, sometimes like when people send me a screenshot of their order, it'll have their address on there, but not always. So if I don't have their address, I'll send them a message to get their address. And then I do a, a pickup um, request from the US Postal Service. And um, I can never do it the same day, but I set it for the next day. So then on Thursday morning, I set the package out on the front porch. And when my, my mail carrier brings me my mail, they'll come up to the porch and they'll grab the package and they'll take it to the post office. That way I don't have to go to the post office, which is fantastic. Um, so Thursday, the, I, I had the, the pickup all scheduled and the mail person came, but I was upstairs. I did, usually from my office, I can see them, but I must've been upstairs. And about an hour later, I got an email that said um, from the U.S. Postal Service that your package has been picked up. And I was like, oh, okay. So the mail came. So I went outside to get the mail. I had two packages delivered. They were those like yellow envelopes from Amazon, you know? One was sitting on top of the package they were supposed to pick up. And the other one was sitting leaning in the front of the package they were supposed to pick up, but they never took the package. So uh, Friday, 
no, Thursday afternoon, I called the post office and I said, Hey, this is what happened. Um, and then Friday, they finally came to pick it up. So um, the winner was actually somebody that you and I went to school with. Uh, I think she graduated with you. Um, hopefully she's not on the edge of her seat waiting because she probably won't get it until Monday. <laughs> um, but that's the only issue I've, I've had with these pre-order giveaways. They're really, really fun. Um, they're expensive, but they're fun. Um, also, I don't, I, I talked about last week, um, Misty, she is the, uh, orthodontic tech. I don't really know what her title is, um, at Kean's orthodontist. And, um, just in general conversation months ago, um, I was talking about my book and she said that she found that interesting because she was widowed at 30. Um, I asked her if you, she would be interested in reading the book. Uh, two weeks ago, tomorrow, I dropped the book off to her. Um, it's, it's time for me to get that back from her. It goes to the editor in eight days. Um, I texted her Friday. She didn't respond. So I'm going to text her again today. I have to say when she didn't respond, my palms have been sweating. Um, not that I think that she's going to go, you know, put her name on the book or anything like that, but she has my book in paper form and it's, it's kind of like, well, for you, it'd be like handing your dog over to the vet. You know, you're kind of like, Hey, when can I get my dog back? <laughs> uh, Cause I know you were pretty nervous about that. You are very much an overprotective dog dad, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, Oh, I've been doing a book brush picture almost every day on Facebook. I'm still not sure if it'll turn people away or make them want to pre-order, but I need to do more random kind of personal posts and not book posts more than I do book posts, I think. Um, the problem with that is I don't do anything except work on the book and go to Anna's and eat dinner and watch movies. So... I'm not sure what I'm going. To, I literally do nothing else. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I, I know mean, I know the old stereotype about social media is people posting pictures of food. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what you have to offer. <laughs> that yeah, or like you know, I can I can send a picture of my vacuum cleaner while I'm vacuuming. Like, I don't I don't do anything. <laughs> so I need to really work on that. Like maybe take pictures of my rose bushes. I, your mulch, just, your bags of mulch. Oh, my bags of mulch. Yeah, they're still in bags, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, that maybe that'll be a good one. But they post. are in the flower bed or the the bed area. They're well, still, yeah. Let's not get crazy. Yeah, they're still in the bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's too hot. It's too hot. It's true. Maybe in December I'll spread it out. We'll see. Well, you know how the weather is in Georgia. It's hot. Yeah. Um. So that's that's all of my news. Um. Yeah, I have some other things to talk about, but I'll do that later. Uh, did I cover everything? I feel like I'm forgetting something, but it looks like I covered everything. You go. I'll, I'll see if I remember anything. Okay, so I am still making sales and page reads. And again, it's not very many, but it's still happening. And it's happening because of the ads that I'm running. And I'm spending a lot more money than I'm making. And I'm really just doing it as an experiment. Um, I'm going to run through a few things right now that I learned. So there's going to be a lot of numbers coming up. Number one, the biggest thing that I learned is the keywords that make sales. Not necessarily that generate impressions or generate clicks or whatever, but the keywords that make sales. And I'm going to, I have a giant spreadsheet of like 1,700 keywords based on the, on um, 
the first four ads I did, where's that orders, sort largest to smallest, everything that I do to generate sales and impressions, I assumed before looking at this had the word time travel. And so time travel fiction, time travel in unlimited, time travel free, you know, everything that had the word time travel. Those are the things that generated the most results. And then this morning, I actually started looking at some of these things. I'm going to take my first four ads that I did. The ones I did while I was at your house and I was sitting um, in your office at your desk. And then I took my laptop to Anna's that day. And while we were mm-hmm. eating, I was fixing these ads. And if you look at the ones that generate the most impressions, and this is surprising to me, the very f- number one, and it's not number one, it's number one by far, um, 40, almost 4,800 impressions. And it was... Average cost per click, 36 cents. Uh, One click every 799 impressions, which is actually a little bit higher than what I wanted, um, is the phrase, time was. Now, I had no idea what time was is, but it's quote, time was, unquote. So it's those two words together. I I don't know why that would generate so many clicks. Well, then this morning, I just searched time was. I went to Amazon and, and not even in their Kindle store, just Amazon. I went, because that's what people do. They go to Amazon, they type time was, and it generates a ton of impressions. And it turns out Nora Roberts wrote a book called Time Was in 2012. Ah, and it's a time travel book, and the the suggested bid for Amazon was between sixty seven cents and a dollar thirty six. I got forty eight hundred impressions at thirty six cents per click. That's pretty good. That's actually really good. So keep that in mind. The second most one, and and again, keep in mind everything I said was time travel. Time travel. That's what generates my most clicks. Mm-hmm. The second um, most uh, in gen- generated impressions is, and I think this is an author name. I'm going to search it while we're talking here. Uh, I'm going to go to Amazon and I'm going to type in there, Haruki Murakama. I think that's an author. Yes, it's an author. And I'm going to, I don't know if it's a he or a she. Um, Looks like there's some co-authors. Looks like this person has a ton of books. It's a he. He has a ton of books. He is, man, he just turned 71 and he has, like I said, a ton of books. So, but apparently people are searching this guy like crazy. And then the third one is potentially my favorite keyword. This one generated about 1,500, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's the word now that I can't remember that I said like five seconds ago? Impressions. And if I look up this name, it's Harry Turtle Dove. And I'm gonna guess that that is a <laughs> character name. I could be completely wrong. Oh no, it's a, it's an author name. I'm sorry, it is an author name. Okay, Harry. That's a fantastic <laughs> author name, by the way. Harry. I Turtle love Dove. that. <laughs> and um, I'm looking at his books, and he must have a time travel book somewhere. But he has a lot. Oh, maybe not. He has a lot of books. There's. It looks like it's all fiction. Although the first one that came up is all about Trump, and it came out. Oh, it's on pre-order for September 22nd of this year. Then he has one called How Few Remain, which is definitely a, uh, oh, it looks like a second civil war. Um, so there's, it came out in 2008. So there's some fiction here, but it's like historical fiction, it looks like. And uh, The Guns of the South, which again, looks like it's going to be all about uh, the, maybe the Confederacy of the, uh, the Civil War. I'm not sure. But that's my third one. So it turns out, and, and in fact, Nora Roberts is fifth on this list. So her book is first and her author name is fifth. Um, 
these are all between 36 cents and 50, 62 cents per click, which is a little higher than what you want, but actually lower than what I thought. So in terms of impressions, it's just completely random. Um, I remember, and I'm, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but I'm, I'm going to talk about it now. I remember back when I was creating ads at like 25 cents per click and 30 cents per click, I went to this website where you could just type random words. And I said, give me a thousand random words. And it just gave me literally a thousand, I think I put nouns in there. I didn't put like verbs or adjectives. I just put, give me a thousand random nouns. And I built an ad on that and it got impressions like crazy. Didn't make any sales, but it got impressions <laughs> like crazy. So I think I'm going to create another one of those with a really, really low cost per click and just see what happens. Um, Jack Finney is in here. The Handmaid's Tale is in here. These are the things that are getting me the most impressions. Mm -hmm. they, but they also did not get me as many sales as the time travel keyword. So uh. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, let me get back to the outline so I don't get way off track because I'm way off track, I'm sure. Uh, here, it, uh, here it is. Um, let's see. Oh, okay, so yeah. So what I'm going to do this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forego my expensive ads. I did it again this week. I created one week. Uh, it's, it ran for one week. It had $1.25 um, bids and it made, let's see, and it immediately, so we're, 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 let's see, sort by impressions. Okay. We're, we're, we're a week into this thing. I did it last Sunday. We're almost done. I'm, it ends today. It's my second most impressions, 15,000, almost 16,000 impressions, 39 clicks, which is on average, I three divided by K by J three. It generated one click every 407 impressions, which is a, I think is a really good number. If I can be, when I first was doing ads, I was getting one click per thousand. I was really happy. Had a couple that were one click per 500. I was really happy, but now I'm seeing one click every two to three to 400 on some of these. And those are the ones that have to do with time travel. Anything with time travel is getting me clicks. So randomly, I'm just getting all these impressions based on the popular authors, the popular titles, whatever. But the ones that actually get me a really good click rate are the time travel ones. But those are also the ones I have to spend the most money on. This ad that I did this week, it was 92 cents per click. That was my highest uh, cost per click of all the ads I've done. And it returned back a couple of sales. Uh, at one point, it was funny because the one I did uh, back in June got me two sales and 34 clicks, which is one out of 17. Then I did another one a week later and it got me one sale in 17. So it's one out of 17. At one point earlier this week, I was two sales in 34 clicks, which is one out of 17. One 17. <laughs> but now I'm at two clicks in, th I'm at two sales in 39 clicks on that one, which is one out of 20, one out of 19 and a half, which is 20. So I don't like that number. You want to be, you know, less than one out of 10. So I've kind of, un I've, I kind of understand now what it takes to get impressions. I understand what it takes to get clicks. Mm -hmm. The question I have now is, how do I make more sales money than I am in spend money? And mm -hmm. the answer to that seems to be really, really low bids, which is what every expert out there will tell you. It's what Brian Cohen will tell you. It's what Brian Meeks will tell you. It's what they'll all tell you is you want to have a ton of different ads with tons of different keywords, and you're only paying like 20 cents per click or 10 cents per click. The hope would be that I could get the same um, click rate one out of a three to 400 and then have the sales rate be a lot better instead of one out of 17, maybe I can get one out of seven. And I know that has to do with the blurb and I know it has to do with the cover. So I think that's probably the next thing I have to do is work on the blurb and the cover. So what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to try to do this today. When you, when, when I talk about my Sunday, the question is, will I have time, but I'm going to try to do this today where I create maybe 10 different ads with a thousand keywords in each 
and the the bid is like 20 cents. Mm-hmm. And then I want to see, am I getting a lot of impressions? Am I paying? Um, am I getting the, the same click per impressions, the click rate that I'm getting? Am I getting any sales at all? Because again, when I did this back in you know January, February, when I was playing around with ads for the first time, that's what I was doing is I had this really low click rate, but I was, but my impression, my, or I had a really low um, um, bid, but my click rate was like one per thousand on a lot of them. And I didn't make, I mean, if I made one sale in a month, I was happy. So I'm getting closer. I don't mind spending this money. The whole reason I'm doing this is because I want to understand how to sell books using Amazon ads. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to understand what works best. And the only way you can do that is spend money. Even if it's, you know, I've spent like $150 on ads in the last month. That's fine. I, I whatever, I don't care. Um, because I'm starting to learn a little bit more about this. So what I'm going to do today is create a bunch of ads with, you know, a thousand keywords each. I'm going to do the, the random number keyword or the random word keyword, maybe in one of them. Uh, I'm going to use the Kindlepreneur, no, the Publisher Rocket to come up with as many as I can. Uh, come up as many time travel and dystopian keywords as I can. And maybe I'll even throw like action adventure in there and throw mm-hmm. an ad with action adventure keywords. Again, try to narrow down what keywords are working and what, what keywords aren't. So you have a bit of a love story in there. Yeah, have there is a little bit. Those? Yeah, have I, you tried any keywords for that? I have not. Um, well, I, I'm sure I have like romance in there. It's kind of a time travel romance generic term, but I yeah. really never, I really never like typed romance into the, publish a rocket and use those keywords. Cause I don't want to lead people astray. Like I hate when I go to Amazon and I type something or I go to Google and I type something in there and the results are nothing to do with what I'm looking for. Like I just quit. I'll quit searching. Yeah. So I wouldn't type in romance cause it's not really romance, but like if you type in love or relationship or kiss or, you know, things like that. I, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I think I would probably want, I mean, with a low bid rate, you know, it's, yeah. it's not a huge deal. I don't know. That's, it's a good thought. I just hate the idea of leading people. Astray. That's why I don't like using some author names. Like I'm using, you know, um, the, t- uh, the time, uh, the handmaiden's tale and the time traveler's wife. These are two really, really big things. Yeah. But for the most part, they're nothing like my book. Now there's a couple of little similarities and I would hate yeah. the idea of somebody typing in handmaiden's tale and my book pop up at the top as an ad and, and it, I feel like I would be leading them astray. But to be fair, if they want to scroll, they can scroll. And if they click, it's their own fault for clicking. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. There's, <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's open to, well, I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people are open to reading something new, even if it's only close to their genre. Your book isn't in my, like your book is the only book like it in my Kindle, but yeah. I love your book. So yeah. I mean, it, it'll maybe open people's minds to trying think, it out. I think by law though, you have to love my book. So no, I don't, I could hate it. Oh, okay, good. That makes me feel yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. So that's my whole <laughs> Amazon ad story. I'm still just messing around with it and I'm playing around with it and, and I'm trying to find what, it, what the formula is. And I actually don't think there's a formula, but if I can get like really close to it, uh, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty happy. What was that noise? Oh, my, my back door's open. My neighbor's just, turn some kind of a machine on that scared me but anyway all right so i just want to go over my emailer my email campaign from last week real fast uh, i'm not going to get into the weeds with this one i just want to say that you know i remember last week when i was talking about it my open rate was a little bit lower than the average open rate i've had but if you look at the two emails i've sent the last you know the last two emails campaigns i've sent with the auto resend 
my email percentage of opening is 30 to 31% on both of them. Uh, the click rate on this last one is around 8%, which is a few percentage points lower than what I've had in the past. But it did, um, again, it's a promo that I've been doing. Uh, you know, I've sent it out again and again and again. So uh, the click rate is going to drop as you go because people have already clicked on it. But I am happy that the open rate is still around 30%. I really think my open rate should be higher than what it is. Uh, but I think because most of my subscribers ha are, are basically people who have um, op downloaded or joined my list because they downloaded a free book, you know, a lot of them are going to get it and not care about me. They just wanted the free book and that was all. My yeah. unsubscribe rate isn't as high as I thought it would be. I thought I'd get unsubscribes like crazy because they got my free book. Mm -hmm. But um, I, think I, I, I think people are just, they're just not opening it. They're not, they're just breezing by it. Yeah. There will be a time, I think, you know, and I did this already with the people that joined last May when I forgot to turn on the double opt-in for that week. There will be a time with this one where I go through and, you know, maybe once I send 10 or 12 emails out to people after I'm done with this promo, I might look back and go, okay, you guys open zero emails. You click zero links. You're, you don't need to be on my mailing list anymore. Um, I think once I get to a thousand, so I paid for MailerLite for a year. But I think once I get to a thousand um, plan and billing, I, I still have to pay more. Uh, let's see. Uh, is there a way to look at their plans, the different plans? I don't even know. Upgrade. Let's see what this says. So right now I'm $84 per year. Oh, no. So, yeah. So I paid $84 for the year, and that was for zero to a thousand subscribers. You could have stayed free like you are, but I wanted a couple of the extra things you get, the extra features you get by paying. Once I hit a thousand and one, it goes up to 126 per year. So it cost me $50 to upgrade. So when I get to a thousand, there's a chance I go through and prune maybe a hundred people that haven't opened anything at all. Maybe I send yeah. them an email to confirm that they want to stay on my list. And if they do, I'll keep them. Or maybe I send an email like 200 people that have not opened the last 10 emails. And if they want to stay on my, because maybe they have opened it and it's just not, MailerLite isn't seeing it for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, I might do some pruning once I get closer to a thousand people on my list. All right, so let's talk about my subscribers, these subscribers, these people that are subscribers. The, the Facebook ad that I'm running is really, really doing well. Um, this is a big deal. I'm glad, uh, the book brush I think has really, really helped. But mm -hmm. I'm able through certain means that I don't want to get into where I can run a Facebook ad at five bucks a day. Uh, so that would be $150 a month. And all I'm doing is sending people to my origins prequel. I'm sending them right to the website, my website to my page that you would, you would get to if you clicked on free book or whatever it was. And I had 23 total subscribers come from this in June. I already have 21 in July. We're not even halfway through the month yet. It's possible I could get like 50 new subscribers from this Facebook thing, uh, Facebook ad. I remember seeing that on Mark Dawson's uh, um, ads for, no, was it 101? No, it was ads for authors. I saw it on Mark Dawson's ad for authors back in June and decided I wanted to do this. So um, it's really working out well. I, I really like this. And I would say that if you had some amount of money that you just wanted to kill off and you wanted to try to get some more subscribers, just take a week, do five bucks a day tailor it towards you. I think my ad is set towards, toward um, Amazon Kindle as one of them. And then the other interest section is time travel fiction, dystopian fiction, back to the future fans or fans of lost. Um, mm -hmm. You have to, if you're a fan of one of those four things on Facebook and you have Amazon Kindle listed as a, a favorite, uh, you see the ad and I'm getting a lot of clicks from it. And I really like that. All right. So now let's get to the big news. Uh, let's see. Yeah. 
I set up a pre-order last night. Um, so book two is now out there. It's available for pre-order. I don't know how I feel about this because you remember back in over Christmas when I, I went and took my novella and I put it on Amazon for 99 cents. And like the very next day I was listening to uh, yeah. one of um, what's his name. Uh, uh, oh man. Chris Fox. One of Chris Fox's podcasts. I'm, I'm not. And he said, audiobooks. make it free. And he said, don't put your, your newsletter um, magnet or your email magnet on yeah. Amazon. You, know, you don't want to sell it when people can get it for free. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I did that the very next day. How cool is that? So I put it on there last night and this morning I was watching a video from Dave Chesson, Kindlepreneur, and he said, you should not do pre-orders on Amazon if you are not a well-known author, because for the most part, people are just going to pass you by. They're going to be like, oh, I don't know who this person is. Their book isn't out for three months, two months, whatever. I don't, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to spend money on it right now which kind of makes sense. Although my argument would be, well, okay, they breeze past it. And then when they see it two months later and it's out there, then they buy it. Mm -hmm. Except he said something that made me go, Oh, I didn't realize that. But apparently if your book is out there and not selling, it can hurt your Amazon reputation. I don't know what that means. My guess is he means something to the effect of when it does eventually get out there, Amazon won't show it to as many people because it had all those days of not making sales. Cause my plan was, put it out there, not really market it, but make changes to the back of book one and throw it out there on my Facebook author page, maybe throw it in a newsletter, but not really push, like you're pushing yours hard. I wasn't planning on doing that. And now it makes me think, wow, do I really want to push it hard? I really don't want to. I don't want to put that time in. Um, It's a lot of time. I don't want to do that. It's not that much time. Like 15 well, minutes a day. Yeah, I don't know. I'm lazy. That's the problem. I'm, I'm well, another thing that I did on Book Brush was um, you can make, let me see what they're called real quick. It took me like three and a half minutes. Um, let me go to Book Brush real quick. All right, while you're doing that, let me just say that, the, that putting up the pre-order has also created all this extra work that I have to do. And that work <laughs> includes... Um, I, I'm going to throw it on my author Facebook page, probably my personal Facebook page. I'm going to throw it in a newsletter or two, but now I have to make changes to the back of book one. Right now, if you go to the back of book one, it says, Hey, you can get book two for free if you sign up for the newsletter. Well, I would like to keep people signing up for the newsletter, but I also like to put the, the first couple chapters of book two in there to get them to go buy the pre-order. So I have to figure out at what point do I stop telling them to go to book two or, or go to the newsletter and tell them to buy book two, pre-order book two. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I also have to change my website because my website right now on the newsletter page says, if you sign up for newsletter, you get book two for free. Well, that's fine. But at some point they're going to not be able to get book two for free. I'd rather they did the pre-order. And then I have to change all these automation sequences because I want to lead people around. I literally want to put a leash on them and lead them around by the nose and say, if you came from the novella, if you downloaded this based on signing up for a promo to get the novella for free, then I want to lead them through to get them to into book one. Mm-hmm. If you got, if you, if you um, are on this newsletter and you're getting book two for free, which is a lot of people are on there to get book two for free. That, that might be why they haven't unsubscribed yet because in every newsletter I say, stay on this newsletter and get book two for free. It is a, a an opening into the series. You can start in book two in this series. Um, I have to go into the back of book two the automation sequence and I have to change it to add text to book one so that they go get book one. And this, the tricky one is book one because they probably bought it 
Um, I want to mention the novella here because I want them to join my mailing list, but I also want them to go and order book two. So I have to figure out how to do that. So there's a lot of work to do with these automation sequences and, you know, I'm not in a hurry to do any of this, but I obviously want to get it done sooner than later, but I have a book to finish. So probably mm. what I'll do is I'll leave it up there as a pre-order. I won't mention anything for the next couple of weeks. Once I get the draft of book two finished and out there and ready to send to the editor, that's when I'll go in and just change everything and get ready for the actual launch date. So that is the pre-order news. And that is where I'm at right now. What did you find in terms of book brush? The instant mock-ups. If you go to instant mock-ups um, and you click on start creating, you choose whichever cover you want. And then they have square, horizontal, vertical, and 3D books. And you just click the little box for as many, whichever ones you want. And then you go to step four, convert now, and it downloads. So I downloaded like, I don't know, 45 oh, of geez. these with my book cover on them. And I just saved them to my computer. So then each day when I wanna put a book brush ad up, I just make that my background and all I have to do is put the words in. Oh, okay. So it's not super time consuming. Right. Those, I love those instant mock-ups. They're, they're really great. Okay, so I'll have to remember that. I, I think what I'm gonna do though is I'm going to wait until, I, I literally didn't think of this until just now. It's amazing. One thing about this podcast that I really like is the ability to think out loud as I'm talking into the microphone and then come up with plans in my head that I didn't know before <laughs> I started talking. So. I think you do that every week. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I really, yeah, you guys are really just my um, walls that I throw stuff at to see what sticks. So um, I have actually, Jeremy for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're kind of that too for me now. Yeah. While I'm talking to the people who actually listen, I can look over at Skype and see you. Um, so, and I can actually read the expression on your face. Like, that's a good idea. That's a terrible idea. Um, so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to it's out there. I'm going to leave it up. I, I had kicked around the idea this morning when I was watching Dave Chesson's uh, YouTube video of taking it down. But as I've said before, I am currently at this moment, I'm not in this for the money, obviously, because I'm spending money like crazy. I'm in this to write series that I, that I enjoy and that are fun. Series? Series. Series I. I don't know what plural of series is. Is it just series? <laughs> I think it's just series. Oh, okay. Um, I am, <laughs> and later on, I'm going to go out and shoot some deers. Um, not really. I don't like to catch hunt. the mooses. Yeah. Catch the mooses or meese. Um, I'm really just in this to write some books. Once I have enough of them out there to where I feel like read through would make me a profit. That's what I'm really going to concentrate on how to sell it. I know people have talked about in the past, um, you know, the, the, the idea of uh, doing a rapid release where you try to write the first three and then you release them all once a month after they're all finished. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not patient enough to do that. When the book is done, I want to get it out there. So kind of like my rapid release is, okay, I just finished book four. Now let's go market the hell out of book one to get people to buy book one, two, three, and four all. Mm -hmm. So if I spend a dollar to get people to see book one and they buy all four of them, that's, that's the kind of rapid release that I'm looking for. So, yeah. All right. So in terms of last week, um, now I remember two weeks ago, I got on the podcast last week and talked about how I finished like five or six chapters throughout the week. And, and it was great. Well, I knew this week, this past week that we just went through was going to be one of the harder weeks in terms of writing because I had to work on chapter. I don't even know what chapter it was. 30, 29. It was 4,000 words. It was all these different things that happened throughout a, a bunch of chapters in book one. 
And like I said earlier, I knew I was going to have to outline it and make sure that everything worked consistently, but I needed to write it from my other character's point of view. It couldn't just be a rehash of book one. That would have been terrible. So I had been kicking around the idea of what, what does that mean? Write it from her point of view. But what it really means to me is I've been saying over and over that this book two is an opening for the series. If you haven't read book one, you can still read book two. So the approach that I took when I wrote this chapter was the readers have not read book one. They are reading it from this character's point of view. So I have to make sure I describe things that I may have described a different way in book one because the reader needs to understand it if they hadn't read book one. And by using that kind of theory as I went into write it, it really made writing it easier. There's just a lot of words. I had to go through and write, rewrite a lot. I finished it yesterday. I was very happy with the way that it turned out. I, and like I said, I subtracted about a thousand words from it, but now it makes sense for someone who have, they haven't read book one, but they're going to start with book two because it was free as a newsletter subscriber. The whole goal here is get them to read it, not make them think to myself, well, I didn't read book one. I can't read book two. No, no, no. You can download it for free from this newsletter and you can read it. And then if you like it, you can go read book one and it's still a different story. So um, a couple the chapters that I have to do this week are very similar. There's just a lot less words, a lot less pieces of book one in the novella are in, are in each of these chapters. So it's going to be easier. So Monday, that's when I started outlining. I worked from home. I worked from home all week. I began kind of outlining this chapter and, and going through and, and breaking it up into segments that matched with what happened in book one. Did that Monday, Tuesday into Wednesday into Thursday. And then Friday, I started working on it. Uh, it was my half day. I golfed seven holes. From the minute we got on the hole one, I could hear the thunder rumbling way off in the oh, background. No. At one point, there were three of us. It was me, my friend Sean, and his son. His son is like nine, and he, he's hitting the ball every now and then. Uh, every now and then, he'd be farther than me, and that would drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> and you could kind of hear that. But it, the, the skies were still bright. It was still sunny. I was still sweating like crazy because it's like 90 degrees all week. And um, we got to hole number five, and we caught a group – uh, there were like three or four groups up ahead of us. So we caught them, but then the thunder was still rumbling. And I knew at some point there was going to be a moment where we have to make a decision. And that decision was on the sixth hole. We thought, okay, let's just play this one and leave because it's starting to get dark way off into the distance. So we did that. And it was perfect timing because I drove home. I went to my favorite sub shop, got my sub, came home. And literally 30 seconds after I walked in the door, the downpour started. Oh, it, good timing. It was, it was perfect because I, I would have hated to be inside the sub shop just looking out the window watching the downpour knowing i have to run outside now into that um i was kind of lazy and tired in the afternoon i just didn't do much i was sweaty and hot and i just i just sat around on my couch and played with the dog and played on the computer i didn't really do much saturday yesterday i went in and i finished the big chapter it's done i'm very happy with the way that it turned out uh today we are doing the podcast right now we are actually doing it a little bit earlier than normal which is great uh, after we're done, I'm going to make it live. And then the dad's going to come over and we're going to hang a tarp over my golf simulator. Cause like I said earlier, um, the golf simulator does not like bright weather. The machine that actually picks up the club, uh, swing doesn't like natural light. It wants fake light. It wants indoor light. It was originally made to be used indoors. So I think Sunday I bought a 20 by 30, 20 foot by 30 foot tarp to hang over it. And he, the dad's going to come over and we're going to hang it over and then after that, I'm going to work on that. Hopefully, I'm going to work on chapter 30 today. I'm going to outline it and try to finish it today. But like I said earlier, I want to create all those ads. Yeah. 
the book is the most important thing. So I'm going to do that first. And then if I can get some ads created, great. If not, I'll create them over the next few weeks or, or, or next few weeks. I'm really down to now. That's all I'm going to do now. I'm not going to create more ads for another week and then create more ads next week. I'm going to create these ads. Try, again, I'm going to try to create 10 ads with a thousand keywords in each. Um, there's going to be a mixture of time travel keywords from Publisher Rocket, dystopian keywords from Publisher Rocket. Um, I'm going to do something with romance. I think I'm going to try to do something with romance. And then I'm going to create a, an ad that just has a thousand random nouns in it. Yeah. And I'm going to just kind of look at the impressions every couple of days and see if I can figure out a pattern. Is the pattern matching? Am I getting one click every three to 400 impressions on the time travel stuff? The dystopian stuff is the, are the impression that ratio, that click ratio is it higher on the other stuff. Let's see what the romance does. I mean, romance is a huge genre. I don't want people to think that they're clicking on my book and getting a romance because they're not. It's, it's 85% time travel adventure, 15% romance. I mean, it is about a guy meeting his true love and the adventure along the way, but the adventure along the way is time travel. I think yeah. I said, I think I said one other time in this time in this podcast that my book is actually a romance book. It really is. It's literally, because I already know how the ending is going to be. It's going to be a happy ending walking along a beach. I already know that. And um, it's, and they're going to, here, I'll just spoil it. I don't care. The very last chapter, the last scene of the last chapter is the two main characters walking along the beach um, or walking either walking along a beach. That's kind of really cliche. But I think what I might do is have them wa be walking down a street in Montana, which is, you know, where he goes back in time in the 1870s. I think it's going to be the future. They're going to be walking this, down the street and they're going to find something that he had left in the first book that just kind of you know, his house is torn down and, and there's some piece of something that he left that has some symbolism that goes all the way back to book one. And they're going to find it. It's going to be time travel related. And he's going to be like, yeah, I don't need this and throw it into the lake or something. Mm. Like that. That's how it's going to end. Um, but little does he know that the character that is the constant, as I'm calling him, has already flown into space, has found you and Jeremy and probably Paris. And, and there's adventures happening um, in the next season. Ian's not going to be in it. Uh, he is. I haven't figured out how yet because I already know what uh, Paris is going to be. I already know what Jeremy's going to be. I'm really excited about that. And I already know what you're going to be. You're going to be a very, very exaggerated version of yourself, which I like. And um, <laughs> this will be interesting to see what you truly think of me. <laughs> you're probably going to be covered head to toe in tattoos, just so you know. Oh, okay. Jeremy probably isn't going to be human, just so you know. Oh, and I'm pretty well, sure most people don't think he's human anyway. They call him um, uh, 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 Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime. Yeah or the Hulk, or, um, yeah, he's kind of a big guy. I'm going to play on that somehow. And I'm, I, I'm pretty sure Paris is going to be Paris because Paris is really, really sweet and nice yeah. and kind. And her attitude comparing to you two as the exaggerated versions of the parents. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that dynamic. So, um, <laughs> And I got to figure out what to do with Keen yet. I haven't decided yet. He will be in there. I just haven't decided what his character is going to be. He's I mean, like, he's like the Tasmanian devil. You know, he just like uh, spins around destructing things. We call him Destructor. That's his nickname at our yeah, house. See, that might work. And you know how like you hear parents, like if their kids touch something, you'll, you hear the parents say, don't break it or put that down. Don't touch that. We do that to Kean because he breaks almost everything he touches. Well, I think the defining characteristic of Kian, I, I kind of discovered it when I was there, when I would be in your office, I'd be working my, my real job from your desk and it'd be like, let's say 10 a.m. and I'd want something to drink. And I would walk out into your kitchen 
and there would be like couch cushions in front of the door to the office that I'd have to navigate through. Uh-huh. And then I'd get uh-huh. into the kitchen and there'd be like de- uh, a kitchen drawer. So one would be 50% of the way open. One would be a hundred percent open. There'd be a cabinet door that was just open. Uh-huh. And yeah. I just look over and he just on the floor watching TV. And I'm yeah, like, not a look, care at that, in the world. look at that peaceful little child sitting over there just watching cartoons. At some point, he pulled the cushions off the couch, threw them on the floor, walked through the kitchen, opened a bunch of stuff, but didn't close it. And then he just went back and sat down as if life would go on like normal. Yeah. 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 So that, I think that's, that's Kean. <laughs> that's going to be his dynamic. That's going to be his, I think, characteristic that I Carefree. build the character, that I build the character around. Carefree, destructive, carefree, but has no idea that he's actually destructive. Yeah. Something like that, that. So, that explains him to a T. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's... Oh, I really got off track there. Um, apparently, I'm done talking about my last week, and it's your turn to talk now. Uh, just like every week, every day, we had dinner at Anna's and watched a movie. Um, what what kind ta- of movies? What kind of movies are you on right now? What's the theme? Um, we really don't have too much of a theme. Uh, we watched all three. Uh, honey, we did. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Honey, I blew up a kid. And honey, we shrunk ourselves. We went through those. Um, what did last night we watched? Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and then you could watch, you could watch Temple of Doom and yeah, I think the one we with Sean Connery. Will. Just don't watch the fourth one. It's so terrible. Yeah, Jeremy and I, I. I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I've never seen them. Oh, okay. Don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, and so I think we will watch those, but both Anna and Jeremy said we probably won't watch the fourth one, which is fine. Um, last night the movie ended and it was like, I don't know, seven o'clock or something. It was early. So I, Anna had promised the kids that we would put a fire in the fireplace and make s'mores. And so while they were doing that, I put on, um, oh goodness. I put on a movie. Okay. <laughs> it was it was on Disney Plus. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. I just randomly put on this movie. Oh, it was uh the BFG. Great movie. No idea what that is. The Big Friendly Giant. Okay. It's called the BFG. It's really, really good. And we just ended up watching that. I just put it on just for kind of like noise, whatever. And then once the s'mores were all cleaned up, we just sat on the couch and, and finished it. Um, so we're not like in kind of a theme. We're just like, what are we in the mood for? We try to stick to the eighties, but sometimes some nineties pops in and that's okay too. Um, each day I taught one to four classes in the mornings. Um, I worked on my Russian every day. Um, okay. So I purchased a one month subscription of AutoCrit. We talked about that last week. You listened to somebody who, who mentioned it, um, I put, I put both the prequel and Reluctant Heart through it, and I really, really love it. Um, it made a huge difference in my book. Oh, uh, what kind of difference? Yeah, and I, that's what I worked on most of the week, like hours and hours each day, just going through all the different choices on there. Um, so there's the, the summary report. Um, and... So like right now I have my novel on there and it says that usually it takes about 15 to 25 seconds. If you have between like 10,000 and 40,000 words or something, but because my novel is 85,000 words, it takes like, I don't know, 45 seconds or something. So it's still really, really fast. But um, in the summary report, my overall score is 88%. 
And it gives these numbers for repetition, pacing and momentum, dialogue, word choice, and strong writing. Um, it tells you how many words, how many uncommon words, how many complex words. And then there's, there's words in the New Dale Chow grade level. No idea what that is. Fleisch Kincaid grade level. No idea what that is. Um, it tells you the number of sentences, the number or the average words per sentence, number of paragraphs, number of slow paced paragraphs, average words in a paragraph, percent of slow paced paragraphs, um, the adverb. So it has this circle that almost looks like a clock and it says great, good, average. And then there's like this, this gray average area and then too many in excess. And there's a needle and it points to where you are. So as far as adverbs, I'm um, between great and good, closer to great. So that if you look at a clock, that would be like seven o'clock. Um, generic descriptions, I'm really close to average. So that's like 11 o'clock. Um, showing versus telling, I'm out of the good and into the average, which this is my first book. So I'm okay with that. Filler words, I'm right in between good and average, so that's pretty good. But then it tells you, it, there's like this pie chart. Um, there's a pie chart for dialogue tags, point of view, and tense. Um, sentence patterns, there's line graphs. I mean, there is so much just in the summary report. Um, word frequency, it's basically, um, what is that What is that word thing I did where you put all the words in it and it... Right. That word cloud, I think it's called. Yeah, word cloud. It gives you a word cloud. Um, it gives you a phrase cloud, which is pretty cool. So that's just in the summary. And then each one of those things has another tab, pacing and momentum. Under pacing and momentum, it says sentence variation, pacing, paragraph variation, chapter variation. And then you go to the dialogue tag or the, yeah, the dialogues tab and you click on the button and it'll tell you dialogue tags like have you overused certain dialogue tags so like for dialogue tags for me um i use the word scrutinize twice and they consider that excess and they suggest i remove one um i use whisper yelled once they call that excess and said remove one um but it works in my book so this is just like general um i use kissed 12 times and it wants me to remove five. Now I put compared to the romance genre. So other books in the romance genre, apparently I use Kiss five times more than the average romance novel, but I'm gonna keep it, it's fine. Like this is just, I, I think I had it in there probably like 27 times and I got it down to 12. So I'm gonna call that good. Um, rested, I use that five times and it suggests that I remove one. So I spent all week basically working on this because under strong writing, there's adverbs, passive indicators, tense consistency, showing versus telling, cliches, redundancies, unnecessary filler words, um, under word choice, initial pronoun and names, which was really interesting for me because I tend to start my sentences with he, she, her, him, or my character's name. So as I was going through this, and it highlights it um, in, this, in this little box, and I was going through it, trying to find ways to reword the sentence so that I wasn't using so many initial pronouns um, and really changed the writing. Um, sentence starters, POV consistency, 
generic descriptions, homonyms, personal words and phrases, power words, and then there's a repetition, there's a combination, there's a readability, and there's a grammar tab. And all of those tabs have other things under them to look for. Um, so it's, it's a really comprehensive program. Um, I like it a lot. But what really got me was, I don't know, maybe two or three days after I signed up for the 30 day one month thing, I got an email that said, subscribe now for the annual subscription for only $144 instead of the original 297. Now that's not just for one year, that's from now on. So I'm kind of like grandfathered into that $144 price. It's like a lifetime. Oh no, it's 144 per year. Per year until I cancel it. So um, that's a really great deal. And I really love the program and I'm going to keep writing. So it just seemed like a no brainer. Yeah. My only fear with that is that it's the same thing as like, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Adobe Photoshop. I really like that program a lot, but they changed over to a subscription model and it drives me crazy because I may only want to use Adobe Photoshop five or six times a year but I'm paying all this extra money for when I'm not using it. So with that program, if it takes me six months, months to write my next book, am I not using that program for five of those six months? I mean, can you, can you buy the $30 one? It would be $30 a month. Could you subscribe and then cancel and then six months later subscribe and cancel? And that was my, that was my original plan was to use it for this book, cancel it. And then when I finished book two, pay another $30 and then cancel it again. But at $144 a year, I can put each chapter, I can work per chapter. I don't have to do the whole book. You know, I can work per chapter and then put it in as the whole book so that it can, you know, scrutinize the book, which I think for my writing style, that'll really work for me. Yeah. Except it seems like if it's going to compare it against other books that are already written, you might get some numbers. You might get like part of that program would would not be applicable until you have the whole book in there. Perhaps, but I can still work on, you know, pronouns and repetitive words. I mean, there's, there is so much to this program. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went ahead and did it and and I, I just really, I can't say enough about it. I love it. The other issue that I would have is very similar to what you said earlier, where you said, you know, you have that, you have kissed in there 12 times. It said, take it to seven. And you're like, well, I'm going to keep it how it is. It's how Grammarly was too, where Grammarly would suggest certain things. I would read it and go, you know what? It fits in the book the way it is. I'm going to keep that. So none of that stuff, it's not a hundred percent gospel. It's not. No, I mean, nothing, nothing is not even, um, you know, developmental editors. You could send it to 14 different developmental editors and get 14 different opinions. So this is just something to kind of guide me along because I I didn't do creative writing courses and I didn't, you know, I have a finance degree and I worked in background investigations. So this program is something that it's really going to work for me, I think, and make my books better. So anyway, I like it. I recommend it. Even if you just do the $30, try it out. You know, I recommend it. Um, So my prequel went uh, live to my subscribers on Monday um, I downloaded it to my own Kindle on either Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. Um, and I was laying in bed and I was reading it and I found some stuff that could have been worded better, you know, repetitive words, whatever. Um, and so Thursday I worked on it on my computer, changing the things that I saw. And then I re-downloaded 
um, the, the different versions um, and updated the, the landing page. So of the 31 people who have downloaded it, four have the new kind of edited and it wasn't anything huge. It probably wasn't things that, you know, anybody really noticed, um, but at least I know that it's a little bit better. And if I'm going to put it up on book funnel, I want to make sure I have the best version I can. Um, I'm not going to read it again because I know I'll find more things and it's just going to be this never ending loop of changing things and moving things. And, you know, so I'm just going to leave it how it is. Uh, let's see here today, laundry, um, zoom call with my military friends. Um, that's coming up in a couple of hours. I'm probably going to sign Kian up for virtual learning. Um, really heavily leaning that way. Last week, Jeremy and I decided, no, we're going to send him to school, but kind of woke up on the struggle bus this morning, deciding, and today's the deadline to sign him up. Uh, but I'm really leaning toward virtual learning as much as I don't want to. I, I'm not a teacher. I hate teaching. Um, but I, I should say I hate teaching my kids, my own kids. And Kean really hates learning from me. It's torturous for everybody. But his health is just more important. So I think we're going to do virtual learning. Um, also today is uh, my 23rd wedding anniversary. Um, Jeremy and I have zero plans. Um, it'll probably just be like any other Sunday with a little happy anniversary thrown in there. <laughs> have Anna make um, you a cake? Uh, no, maybe she will though. I don't know. Oh, she made me a cake. Oh no, you, you bought me a cake actually now that I think about it. Yeah, that was for your birthday. Yeah. This is an anniversary. It's different. And we've been married for like 230 years. So right. I always add in a zero at the end to make it more accurate. And that's my week. All right. Um, as far as running list of future things to do, uh, make a Google form for the street team is still on there, which I probably won't do. Um, figure out how to make more sales, which is constant and actually start book two because I've been wanting to do that, but I've been working so hard getting book one ready for the editor that I just haven't taken the time. And that's all I have. Mine is, uh, two things getting closer to me actually doing them, which is creating a webpage for people who finish book one, give them an update on the characters before they start book two, uh, do a newsletter swap on story origin, which I'm totally and utterly fearful of doing. <laughs> and then I have the Patreon stuff, me autograph copies. Uh, in terms of addicted, I mean, it's really just YouTube in general. I just, it's how I end my evening. You end yours by going to Anna's, eating dinner and watching movies. I end yeah. mine by sitting on my couch at like 930 at night and for a half an hour or so, maybe 45 minutes, just scrolling through whatever the YouTube app on Roku wants to show me based on what I've watched in the past. And it's always the same thing. It's golf related. Um, it's, <laughs> there's a guy named um, Ryan George who does hilarious pitch meetings and he does hilarious videos on his own and just whatever else, you know, clips of whose line is it anyway, or the office, mm -hmm. uh, just whatever it wants to show me. That's just, that's how I end my evenings. Usually just relaxing on my couch with my dog watching videos until I decide it's time to go to sleep. So yeah. Nice. I'm not really addicted to anything. Um, trying to decide if I should send Kian to school or do virtual learning has really, overtaken my thoughts this week, but I wouldn't say I was addicted to it because I hate it. <laughs> was that going to replace, um, is that going to replace school in the fall? Yeah. So the way they, the, the way they sent out the information to us, I understand it to say you can choose virtual learning or you can choose in-person learning, but whatever you choose, you have to commit to in nine week segments, which is the grading period. So if I choose virtual learning, he has to virtually learn 
for nine weeks. And that means, um, now the way they worded it was he has to be in front of a computer learning in a classroom kind of, you know, at home setting between, you know, the hours of 8.30 and 3.30, which is the hours of school. Now he's in special ed, so I don't know how they're going to set it up for him. Um, we're just gonna have to wait and see. It reminds me of, um, it reminds me of the beginning of Ready Player One where he's, everything is like virtual learning, but he's actually doing it in a 3D world. And if like some, <laughs> some bully walks up to him, he can just mute that person. And that person doesn't show up anymore. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> is that what um, it would be though? Would it be literally like 25 people or 15 people, whatever, whatever number of people all sitting in front of their computer, watching a teacher teach them? I don't know. In the spring, when they when they kind of canceled school for the year, um, the teachers would send out like a lesson plan almost. This is what's due this week. And then they would have kind of Zoom calls, check in. Um, do you have any questions? You know, that kind of thing. I don't know if it's going to be like that or not. I, I just, I really have no idea. It sounds um, like I they're going to try to replicate an actual classroom. Yeah. Every day. Which isn't good for Kean. He can't sit still like that. That's why he goes to special ed. So right. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting either way. But you know, I'm home all day. Jeremy's home most days. Um, so it's just it's it's going to have to be it. Um, this week tomorrow, I teach one class at five a.m. Um, and then we are going to Jeremy and I are going to get on the road for um, Life University which is the chiropractic school that Jeremy wants to go to when he retires from the military next year. Um, I thought you were joining some kind of a, I thought you were, I was just wiping the sweat away from my forehead. I thought you were joining a cult or something. Life <laughs> no. university. Light, it's called life university. It's in Marietta, Georgia. So it's like two hours away um, through Atlanta. So we have to get through Atlanta traffic. Um, but he's scheduled for a, um, like a campus tour at 8 a.m. And I think that's two hours long. Um, and then he is also supposed to meet with an advisor to find out what are his prereqs. Um, if he goes to the community college here um, where we live, will that transfer over? What is the time frame? Like how long are those prereqs going to be good for? You know, um, that's going to take us all day. Kean's going to go over to Anna's and just spend the day. I don't expect to be home before four o'clock. Um, so I probably won't do anything as far as writing goes um, tomorrow. They have, they have athletics. Does, does Jeremy have any football eligibility? Um, he has been airborne for mm. too long to trust his body to get him through athletics. <laughs> okay. Just curious. I'd come, down, I'd come down to a game if you wanted to. So <laughs> I don't think the chiropractic school has athletics. I don't know. I guess I'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, they're called the flying um, Eagles. The flying Eagles. Yeah. I went to their webpage. Oh, yeah. they're called the flying oh. Eagles. That's exciting. Okay. Well, you've, you've now done more research than I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tuesday is my, I'm sorry. Fifth I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Running, running Eagles. I don't, I don't want to get that wrong. They're, oh, called, they're called the running Eagles. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy doesn't like to run. He only does it because he has to. If they were the flying Eagles, he might actually say, Hey, I like to fly. Oh, he likes to jump out of airplanes. Uh -huh. Not so much fly them. I mean, he probably, he's, he's flown an airplane before his dad's a pilot, but I don't know. It's anyway, not the, they're not the parachuting Eagles. So no, see that would get him. Of course. I, I think that the first time he hit the ground, he would just shatter like glass. Yeah. 
Anyway. Okay. I'm done now. Okay. Um, Tuesday is my fifth pre-order drawing. Um, I teach four classes in the morning. Hopefully I'll get that book back from Misty so that I can start working on anything that she commented on. Um, Wednesday I teach four classes and I'm just going to continue each day to get reluctant heart ready for the editor. Friday, I took the day off from teaching just because I wanted to sleep in. Um, I have nothing specific. I literally just wanted to sleep in. Um, and so I'll continue getting reluctant heart ready for the editor. Saturday, I have the Zoom call with our friends. Maybe I'll start working on book two. Um, Sunday, we do the podcast. I do laundry and maybe work on book two. It just depends on, because book one goes to the editor. I'll probably send it out to her actually Monday night or Sunday night rather. Um, but she's to start working on it on Monday. So it just depends on how ready that is for her. Um, that'll decide if I'm going to work on book two. And that's my week. Mine is uh, different from what I've had the last couple of weeks. I'm actually back in the office, as I mentioned. Not real happy about that. Um, that means I have to start getting up at 5 a.m. It's weird. Back in my, I don't know if I said this last week or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Back in my previous life, when I worked from home every day, there was a period of time where I just didn't like working from home. It was boring. It wasn't like lonely. That's kind of a wrong word to use, but it was boring. It was, just, I get up and I would do programming and I may talk to the the old boss that I had every now and then um, I may talk to a customer, but that was pretty much it. And I did not think that I would like working from home this time around as much as I have the last, I don't know, what are we on four months now, April, May, June. Yeah. We're on four months yeah. now, but now I think and I've been, I was thinking about this and I think the difference is, is that I have actually have like a group of people that I work with. I have coworkers who I talk to on Skype. I talk to mm -hmm. on the phone every day. Um, I have friends that I talk to every day. Like I have this stuff that I didn't have before where it's like, okay, now I'm working from home, but I'm not by myself working from home, even though I'm literally in the house by yeah. myself. So, um, so now I have to go back and I think we're doing 30 to, I think 20, I think the rule is 25 to 33%, something like that. We have at least that many people in the building, um, this week. So I have to get up at 5am like I used to work from 7 to 11.30. I'll do a long lunch, which is 11.30 to 1, where I'll just sit at my desk and work on chapters. Um, and then I work until 4.30 and I go home, except on Tuesday where I golf in the evening. But either way, I work till 4.30. You know, this was my old style. This was the old, the, the way I wrote book one was this schedule right here. The difference is I don't have restaurants to go to. Like I don't have, I don't know if, I don't know if Giuseppe's is allowing people to sit inside for 90 minutes and write. I might try to figure that out. I'm not sure. I mean, when I worked a couple of weeks ago in the office, I took my lunch every day. I'll probably make some hash brown casserole tonight and I'll take I had that, that yesterday. Uh, I had it Friday. I'll probably, um, I have a little <laughs> bit left in a container that I'll probably eat today. I, I'll probably make some tonight because then I can take it in the container and just leave it in the fridge at work and eat it for lunch Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. And then I'm actually going out to lunch Wednesday somewhere. I don't know where we're, we're meeting up and going to lunch, but we're going somewhere. And then Thursday, I'll have lunch again in the building. And then Friday, I'm half a day, which means I can leave at 11. Um, now, in, again, in a normal, normal non-COVID time, I would stop at either Moe's or I'd stop at Rockney's and Streetsboro. And I'd sit for a couple hours and work on the book. That's what I had done in the past. But again, I don't know if I can do that. I would love to go to Moe's on Friday for a couple hours and like sit for maybe... I'm not sure. If, if you have the opportunity to go to Rockney's, why... Would you go to Moe's? That just seems silly to me. Because they have the best chicken quesadilla ever made by anyone. But Rockney's. Right, I know. Right. I'm getting it. Oh, I wish yeah. I had Rockney's down here. Yeah. Um, 
I, but I had gone to that Rockies a few times where I, I leave the building at 11, 11.30, get, takes about a half an hour, 45 minutes to get there. And it's only 20 minutes from my house. So it's pretty much on the way. Yeah. And I, I know I you sit. send me pictures when you're there. Oh yeah, I do. Um, Cause I know it annoys you. I could sit in the, they have a bar <laughs> area where you seat yourself and you can sit, they have TVs. I remember watching the Indians, Cleveland Indians playoff games there a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And um, during, in whatever, whenever the baseball playoffs are, I don't even know anymore. October, I think. Um, but I don't have that. As far as I know, I might go to Moe's and see it. I might go to Moe's and just get it to go. And if I, if I can sit, maybe I'll sit. I'm not sure yet because there's one really close to work. Um, so that's my Friday. I'll come home and keep working on chapters when I get home. Although I say that every week, I have a half a day Friday. I'm going to work on chapters. Half the time I just run errands and then come home and do nothing. So yeah, that goes. But Saturday has been actually because I get half days on Friday and I can run those errands. Saturdays have been great for writing. I've done two, three chapters at a time on Saturday. So we'll see how Saturday goes. Um, my goal this week is to work on chapters 30 through 33. So I have 10 chapters left and five of them reside 30 to 33. Now, if you do the math in your head, you'll realize that 30, 31, 32, and 33 is actually four chapters and not five. But I actually have two 33s in the book right now. In Scrivener, I have two 33s because I added a <laughs> chapter um, a couple weeks ago and just haven't updated the rest of the numbers. So really it's 30 through 34. Um, so, and then Sunday we'll podcast and I'll do some writing and whatever else. Hopefully the golf simulator is up and running. I don't have to make any more changes to it. We're going to add the tarp today. The tarp should allow me to use the projector at night or in during the day that I bought. Um, it, sh- it might even allow me to use it in the rain because my computer sits on a TV tray underneath the tarp. Oh, so, nice. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, I, I, have a, I have a set of shelves that the dad built for me like 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a shelf where you would put like a DVD player and maybe a a second direct TV receiver. Well, in some people's cases, a first, I use it for my second one. Uh, DVDs would fit. There's a shelf that fits DVDs. Uh, And then there's a bottom shelf that's big enough to just throw random stuff in. And I got rid of that uh, a couple months ago because I don't have the direct TV anymore. I don't have any need for the second DVD, uh, a direct TV direct TV box or the second TV that I had in my living room. Once football starts, uh, I, I went to Spectrum and they have a red zone channel. And if the Browns aren't playing, I'll just put the red zone channel on because that's all I ever watched anyway uh, on direct TV with the NFL package. And it was super expensive. And I wanted to get rid of it. So uh, I have that shelf sitting in my back room and I'm, it's tight back there. It's not as wide as I wanted it to be. It was originally supposed to be 10 by 10 by 10. And we had to cut it down to be about just under eight feet wide because I don't have a lot of room behind my house back there. If it works just fine. It's just a little, it's not as uh, wide as I'd hoped. And I wanted to put that shelf back there as just a place where I could hold golf things, whatever those golf things happen to be that I want to have for my simulator. And um, right now it doesn't fit, but I'm going to try to make that fit back there somewhere. So I have a nice little area that I can go back and hit golf balls. I mean, last night at 815, because that's when it works, I went back there and I hit about a hundred shots and just, you get really tired though when you're just hitting over and over again. Again, like I said, when you're golfing a, a normal hole, you have a lot of things that you have breaks between swinging a club. But when you swing a club a hundred straight times, you get really tired. Yeah. So hopefully by next Sunday, it's all set up and we're not doing anything else to it. And I can work on some books. Maybe I'll create some ads. Um, just whatever, whatever book stuff. Maybe I'll work on the automation sequences, just whatever book stuff I have to do. The number one goal though is to get 30 through 33 really 34 done by the end of next week. And if I can get those done, I am on a really, really good pace 
be really happy. It's possible that my August 5th vacation to Vegas is going to be canceled. Um, a couple of my friends do not want to wear masks in casinos, uh, which is fine. If you don't want to wear one, that's fine. But I believe in Nevada, it's law right now that you have to wear them in public places. So yeah. we might cancel it and look for another time in the future to go, or we might just wait until next March when we, we go in March anyway, and just call 2020 a wash and not go at all. But I am definitely going in September because I'll have fantasy football drafts. Unless football gets canceled or postponed and those drafts get postponed, uh, I am definitely going. So we'll see what happens in August. But I am sending this thing to the editor on August 10th. So the hope is to get the book finished by August 10th. That is nice. my week. I desperately need something to drink. Do you have anything else to add? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> All right. So that is the end of the podcast for this week. If you have any questions or any comments for us, you can find me at jerryevanoff.com. Uh, you can email me jerry at jerryevanoff.com. If you have any advice on Amazon ads, I don't care what it is. You've heard over the last few weeks what I'm doing and what I'm trying to figure out. And you've heard what I'm going to do over the next couple of weeks, which is just create a ton of them, you know, 10 for right now with a thousand keywords in each one, probably somewhere between 10 cents and 25 cents bid and just see what the numbers show me in terms of how many impressions I get, how many clicks I get and how many sales I get. Um, if you have any advice for me, please give it to me. I'm looking for anything that I can kind of throw as part of this formula to come up with by the time book three is ready so that I can really push book one and know how to sell it and get some read through. I would appreciate it. Please email me whatever you have. Find me on Twitter, Jerry E25. My Facebook author page is Jerry Evanoff author and I'm doing Instagram. Not as much as I wanted to, but I'm actually doing it now. <laughs> uh, I think it's Jerry E25 on Instagram. And if you want to see me make, um, if you want to see me create uh, Buffalo chicken dip, that's what I'm making today because it's perfect for eating dinner the rest of the week when I come home from work at like six and don't feel like cooking. Um, you can find me on Snapchat. I don't know. I think it's Jugdish1925 is the actual ID, but I don't really know, but it's in the, it's in the show notes. Go find it there. <laughs> uh, you can find me at lindsayevanoff.com. Email me, lindsay at lindsayevanoff.com. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash author. Instagram at author and Twitter evanofflindsay. So if you like our podcast, give us a review on the podcast page and until next week. And like she's about to say, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the new author podcast. Check back next week for another episode. And for more information, find Jerry at www.jerryevanoff.com and Lindsay at www.lindsayevanoff.com.